I want to thank you for joining us on our month of prayer and fasting and however God is leading you and directing you. I know God is going to do some wonderful things this year and work in ways that maybe we'll never even be able to see with our eyes here on earth. But one day we will know and be assured uh, God heard our prayer and worked on our behalf. So thank you so much this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about something that I think uh, pretty much everybody deals with. I, I don't think I've ever met a person who hasn't dealt with this in some shape or form. Uh, it used to be that when um, my brain wasn't quite fully developed and I was a teenager and I would go do things that I don't typically do now. I would do things like get on a roller coaster and not think twice about it. I would do things like go to heights and never even question it. Things that I would never calculate the risk. I would just kind of do it. It, was, it seemed fun at the time. But as life has gone on and people have come into my life, I tend to question those things a little bit more and calculate the risk behind it. Maybe you could say that uh, some of us, like me, have a fear of certain things. We have fear of heights. We have fear of clowns. We have fear of spiders, fear of basements, fear of... Uh, there's some crazy ones out there, but we'll start. We'll stop there. There's lots of different fears. Uh, for me lately, I have noticed that uh, when I would take time and go and visit New York City, I would have no problem going to the top of a skyscraper. But now, as I even watch videos, I just something kind of drops in me a little bit more than it used to. And perhaps it's a, a fear of heights a little bit, but you know, it doesn't overrule my life. Thank God. We all have a little bit of a fear that we wrestle with, uh, but the Bible teaches us about fear that goes a little bit further, and it's a fear that we see as we study the Bible, as we look throughout Scripture. It's not fear of a thing. It's a fear of what will be of my life. Where will my life go? What will become of who I am? And there is this theme that happens throughout Scripture. We see it going all the way back to Genesis and really all the way up until the end. That there is a fear of following Jesus, following the Lord. And there have been things that would hinder people along the way because of the fear of whatever it may have been. And we see, especially in the New Testament, and especially in the Old Testament, this when Jesus or when the Lord would give a command, that he would always prelude that command with do not fear or do not be afraid. It's been said to be one of the most repeated phrases in the Bible. And so we know that wrestling with fear is something that we all deal with. But this fear I want to talk to you a little bit about today, I feel is deeper than that. I feel is uh, goes a lot uh, down to our core. It's not a fear that's stuck in our mind. Uh, and you'll notice here today that what we're talking about, fear is not as much a battle of the mind as it is a battle of our heart and where our heart is. And we're going to see that through scripture. And we know the Bible teaches us a lot about fear and how you and I, without the Lord, yes, we live lives of fear. And there's this 
thing that happens in the disciples' life that I want to focus on here today, that when Jesus wasn't present in their lives or before they were following Jesus, there was a fear that existed. And then we're going to see another point to confirm that, that when the absence where Jesus was absent and they forgot about Jesus, they once again were living in fear. And so I want to read you just a scripture here today in Luke chapter 5, um, verse 8. And here we see Jesus calling the disciples for the first time. He sees them on a boat and they're having trouble uh, fishing. And so Jesus comes along and gives them some instructions. And then they find out their nets are overflowing and God blesses them. And so then the Bible says, Luke chapter 5, verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Now I want you to mark this verse for a moment because this is an important verse for every person who's going to follow Jesus. And you know, if you read this, you might think, well, Peter is just kind of pushing the Lord away. But what has happened here is something that we see later confirmed through Paul's teachings and through the rest of the gospels is that when there is an awareness of who Jesus is, and when we understand his righteousness and his holiness, there is also an awareness of our fallenness. And we become extremely aware when you're in the presence of righteousness and when you're in the presence of holiness and perfectness that you become aware of all of your flaws, all of your sins, all of the things that, that we need forgiveness from. And that is what happened here to Peter as he saw Jesus come and do a miracle before their eyes. He comes down to his knees. Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. It's this sense of, Lord, I'm not even worthy to have you come near me. Go away. And we see that. That happens throughout Scripture over and over again. Through other miracles that happen, people have a similar reaction. When Jesus' righteousness comes near, that it conflicts with their evilness and their darkness and their heart that says, oh, I don't deserve what you are. So this is just an important marker here. So he says later on, for he and all who are with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon these words here, which are so important, so important. He says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Or some of the other gospels say, you will become fishers of men. This morning, I want to talk to you about fear or follow. Fear or follow. Peter, James, and John had a decision that they had to make. And it was the decision of their life. And it was the decision that every one of us has to face in our lives. We can live in fear or we can follow Jesus. We can be bound by fear or we can live in the freedom of the sons and daughters of God. And this was the decision that Peter had to make. And what Jesus, before Jesus even called him to follow him, before Jesus ever gave him instructions about his purpose in life and about what he was supposed to do with all that he was, watch what Jesus did. He first acknowledged, but do not be afraid. Jesus is fully aware. Can all of us just come to a great encouragement and a relief today? Jesus is fully aware here today of every one of our fears. 
that keep us from following him with everything we've got. Every person here today, Jesus knows everything about it. And the first thing that Jesus would say to any of us, like he said to Peter, is before we even think about following him and recognizing, is to recognize, do not be afraid. Recognize that we are not bound by fear. Recognize that fear is not what is controlling us, but that we're going to follow Jesus. And we're going to later see why Jesus calls out fear before we can follow him. Because to recognize following Jesus means that we put all our fears aside and recognize Jesus as Lord. The Bible goes on to teach us about fear in greater depths we see. The wonderful scriptures in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 18, the Bible says that there is no fear in love. Now, John brings this verse up as he's talking about judgment and people who are afraid of judgment on the day of judgment. And so he tells them there is no fear in love. But watch what he says. Perfect love cast out fear. This is the wonderful truth about who we are as believers, is that the enemy will use all of our sins and all of our failures and all of our flaws to condemn us, to put us down, to beat us up, to keep us from ever reaching the forgiveness of Jesus. But when Jesus's love and light shines on our fear, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And what happens is, in turn, we don't want to live in fear. We want to make known our fears to the Lord. We want to make known our sins to the Lord. It is our joy to gladly unload it to the Lord because we know he is able to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. When you and I stand before the Lord on the day of judgment as we have ran our race, it's not going to be in the sense of, Oh God, please don't look at me. Don't. It's going to be of the sense of if perfect love casts out all fear. If that's what the Bible truly says, then perfect love is going to be you and I standing before the Father. And as we look at the life that we lived and we stand before judgment, it is going to be gladly saying, yes, Lord, I did make a mistake there. I did have this thing that happened or whatever. We're held accountable. But it is in love that it is done, not in judgment or fear of judgment. It's gladly recognizing perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. And so I want you to mark this as what we're going to talk about today is that fear is the absence of love. Fear is the absence of love. If we live in fear, now I'm not talking about a fear of clowns and fear of spiders. I'm talking about fear of what I'm going to do with my life. Fear of following Jesus. Fear of just letting go and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm all in. Fear is recognized, is the absence of love. But the person who says, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to lay it all down. That's the person that recognizes that perfect love, Lord, your love, cast out all of my fears. And so, therefore, I am all in. I am all in. The Bible teaches us and every person here today that we as believers, as people of God, we were not made to live in fear. Can we all agree here today? I was not made to live in fear. If you're living in fear, I want to tell you today, God did not create you to live that way. The Bible actually says the opposite, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. 
What does that mean? The Bible teaches us in Psalm 139 that you were not created to live in fear, but that you were created, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that you were created with great reverence and awe and respect as a creation of God. You are fearfully made by the creator. And so if you are fearfully made by the creator, then why in the world would God design us to live in fear? No, that doesn't make sense. Perfect love casts out all fear. And just like the disciples, they had to make a decision. Are we going to fear or follow? Fear or follow Jesus? We see this happen again in the disciples' lives. They're, they were slow to learn in following Jesus like all of us, right? They had to repeat things a few times and tried it over and over again like we all do. And this happened again in their life. In John chapter 20, we see this thing that happens where Jesus is He's died, he's gone into a tomb, he's resurrected, and the disciples, the Bible says in John 20 and 19, that because of fear of the Jews, they locked the door and went inside of the house where they were meeting. Now just, now remember this for a moment. This is, this is the same disciples who, going back to Luke chapter 5, these are the same disciples who, when Jesus said, do not be afraid of me, you're going to be catching people from now on. The Bible says they left their nets and everything and followed him. And now here they are once again because of fear. Fear has kept them from following Jesus. It's fear or follow. And here they are. They're locked in a room being kept from their purpose. Being kept from what God wants for them. Being kept from following Jesus. And what does Jesus come in and do? The first thing he does is he immediately addresses their fear. Peace be with you. If we're going to follow Jesus, it is to live without fear of following Jesus because perfect love casts out all fear. We see throughout scripture and we know in our own lives that just like the disciples, we tend to be afraid about four things when it comes to following Jesus with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Listen, the Bible, the Bible doesn't teach us that God just called us to follow him on Sunday mornings. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Why would Jesus die on a cross for that? No, Jesus died on a cross so that our whole lives would be surrendered to him. Our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The things that we do with our actions and the things that we do and no one can see. All of that has been called to surrender to Jesus. But there are often four things that keep us, that we tend to be afraid of, that keep us from following Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it was some of the very things that the disciples wrestled with that you and I have to wrestle with. And four things. The first one is a fear of the unknown. This is a hard one for believers, and Jesus addresses it several times about fear of tomorrow and worrying. The second thing we see is that there is a fear of death. We know that to be true, right? A lot of people fear death. They fear, well, what's going to happen when I die? And there is this great battle that goes on, but we see Jesus goes on to later address this as well. The third thing is a fear of failure. What happens if I do this, but I mess up? And the fourth thing is, I call it a fear of trusting. It's the fear of not being able to fully trust in Jesus because there is something that is holding me back from letting go and saying, I'm all in. 
And we know that when God gave a command, when he called Joshua, when he called others to go and do great feats for the Lord, he started them off by recognizing their fear. Do not be afraid because fear is often the number one hindrance, if not the only the number one hindrance in following Jesus. There are a lot of people who can say great things about the Lord. They can quote scripture, but the number gets narrower and narrower of people who say, you know what? I am following Jesus with everything I've got. I don't care about. I, there's the unknown that's coming. I'm going to leave it to the Lord. There's the fear of death. I know God's promised me the fear of failure, fear of trust. There are that number becomes slimmer and slimmer. But what God has designed us to do is not to be boxed in by fear. Fear is a cage. May we all remember that today, that fear is a cage. And God did not design any of us to be bound. God designed us to be free as sons and daughters of God. If we were designed by God, he did not design us to put us in a box and lock us away to fear. He designed us to be free of fear. So therefore, he came, he died on a cross to give us freedom from all the fears that we might be wrestling with. Jesus wants to liberate you today, you and I, from our fears of following him with everything we've got. You may say to me, Charlie, I've been, I've been struggling. I, 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 want to, I know the Lord has great plans for me, but I don't know. I just can't quite give in to it. I'm just, I'm just struggling here and there. Maybe I, maybe I should go and do this thing with my life or that thing with my life. Can I just encourage you today? Fear or follow. There is no in-between. We're either going to live in fear of following Jesus or we're going to follow Jesus with everything we've got. We're all in. There is this misconception in the American church that thinks I can be half and half. I can be doing some of what the Lord wants me. I maybe can give the Lord my heart, but I don't give him my soul, mind, and strength. Or maybe I'll give the Lord my strength, but I'm not going to give him my heart, soul, etc. But the Lord is calling us to follow him with everything we've got. What the disciples did in Luke chapter 5 is the right response. Do not be afraid. You're going to be catching people from now on. They left everything and they followed him. They followed him. If we're going to follow Jesus, it is the type of life that says, I have to be willing to let go of all the things that I'm afraid of that might come about from following Jesus. Did you know you and I in the American church, we have it very easy. We're not making decisions that say, you know what, if I follow Jesus, it could cost me my life. But a lot of people around the world are wrestling with that decision. And most of them make it very easily and gladly that following Jesus, knowing that if I go out and my own family might betray me, they might turn me over to be persecuted. But gladly doing it because they recognize I'm not called to live in fear. Jesus has promised me freedom and that is what I want today. And so we see here a few things that the Bible talks about how Jesus conquers our fears this morning. The fears of what we wrestle with, the fear of the unknown, fear of death, fear of failure, and fear of trusting. And Jesus meets those promises by reminding us of an identity of who he is. We see throughout the book of John, there's seven I am statements. And one of those I am's that Jesus says is, I am the good shepherd. The way that Jesus conquers our fears of us giving him everything that we've got is by reminding us of who he is as the good shepherd. There is not a sheep that is laying 
on the outskirts of the flock trying to follow Jesus. That sheep is in danger. A sheep that is going to follow the shepherd is one that is right in with the flock. And Jesus conquers our fears by being our shepherd. And a shepherd is not just someone who goes out and feeds the sheep. Mainly what a shepherd does is defending and looking out for the sheep. And the Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. He speaks to the disciples and they're worried about their fear of the unknown. They're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. They're worried about, well, if I don't have money, what's going to be about this? And Jesus gives them this promise. Can I just declare it over all of us here today? Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To live in the care of the shepherd is to recognize, listen here today, can I just, just encourage you this morning, to live in the care of the shepherd is to recognize that our Father always, listen to me, always has our best interest in mind. He is not out to get us. He is not out to harm us. He is not out to condemn us. He is not out to put us down. He's not out to starve us. He's not out to abandon us. That's not the good shepherd. He wouldn't be good if, he, if that was the case. He is the good shepherd. And so therefore, if he's going to be the good shepherd, then this is who he is. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He doesn't say just this thing or that's it. The kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is freedom as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Freedom in living in the kingdom of God. Freedom that we're not bound by the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, that we are now free in the kingdom of where Jesus is, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That is what your Father wants to give you today. It is not only does He want to give you that, it's like what they say at Chick-fil-A when you check out. It, my pleasure. And it's Jesus's pleasure here today to give you the kingdom. He delights in that. The Bible teaches us in Psalms that at the right hand of the Father are eternal pleasures for you and I. The Bible says forevermore at the right hand of Jesus. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so can we dispel all the myths and all the lies of the enemy that says, no, Jesus is out to do this to you. He doesn't care about you. All of those things. Listen, that's not what the Bible says. This has been tested over time. We know it's true. God has said it and it is good. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's promised it to you. And so therefore, how does Jesus address our fears? We see here. In John chapter 10, verse 28, he once again, he reminds us, I am the good shepherd. And he says this promise here today. I want to just speak as we go look at these real quick. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. There is this thing among Christians sometimes that thinks all oh, the enemies, he's going to get me. He's going to get me. Listen, if we're following Jesus, Jesus has already said to us, no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, some people can make a decision and they might say to somebody, well, I'm out of here. I'm walking away from the Lord. I'm abandoning the Lord. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He says, if you are following me, 
and you are trusting in me, no one will snatch you out of my hand. There is not a hired hand, Jesus says. There is not a wolf, a lion, a tiger, a bear. No one will snatch you out of my hand. As, Jesus, as long as Jesus is our good shepherd, we are safe in his hands. As long as we are following him, there is safety, protection, and defense for you and I. You don't constantly have to be looking over your shoulder and wondering, is the enemy going to get me? Is he out to get me? No, the Bible does teach us to be alert. We know that. Every sheep has got their eyes looking across the horizon, but it's not causing us to live in fear. When Jesus says, no one will snatch you out of my hand. This is, a, this, this is a passage of scripture that looks back to what Zechariah said, actually. That when, G, when Zechariah was worried about the enemy and all the things that were going on, the Bible says like a brand plucked from the fire. It's this idea that something can kind of reach in and just pull you out. But that's not what it, the Bible teaches us here. No one will snatch you out of my hand. So what are the fears that we wrestle with? The fear of the unknown. We wrestle with what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus assures us here in John chapter 10 and Luke chapter 12 that tomorrow is up to Jesus. He is our good shepherd, so that means that he is the one who guides us. I can't guide myself into tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But if Jesus is my good shepherd and he wants me to make it to tomorrow, I can trust he will guide me because he's the good shepherd. The second thing we see is the fear of death. All our country and our world is gripped by the fear of death. People always wondering what is going to happen when I die. But the Bible teaches us that as long as we are following King Jesus and trusting him as our Lord and Savior, we can declare with Paul, Oh death, where is your sting? That you and I, we are not bound by the sting of death, but we are living in the freedom of eternal life. That this life is just the beginning of all of an eternity with King Jesus. It is not a mystical thing. It's not something that happens when our mind just falls into the state of being asleep. It is a real place that exists for you and I where there are mansions, streets of gold, and where God is on the throne. A place designed for you and I to live in perfect love that casts out all fear. God designed it for you. Eternal life is promised. Fear of death delinquished right here in Jesus' name. The third thing we see is that he says, we talk about fear of failure. That oh, all of us, maybe if I follow Jesus, I'll mess up. Uh, can we just go ahead and admit we're probably going to mess up? You know what? When there's some sheep following the shepherd, guess what? Sheep are not very smart and they mess up. Some of them drift here a little bit, and the shepherd has to come and say, come back over here. Some of them eat some stuff that doesn't really look like grass, but they eat it anyways. But, and he says, no, come over here. Some of them are trying to eat dirt, and that's not going to be nourishing. But the shepherd says, come back over here. Fear of failure is a natural thing that all of us deal with. And we will make mistakes. We will mess up. But keep following the good shepherd. The, the thing that distinguishes a person who fails and a person who follows Jesus is one who recognizes, yes, I might mess up and I, mess, I may make a mistake, but I'm not bound by my failure. I'm bound and I'm living in the freedom of following Jesus that even him, then he can help me through all of this. The fourth thing we recognize here is the hardest one for most of us here today as the musicians come, and that's the fear of trusting. The fear of trusting. I think this one's hard for a lot of people. Well, first off, because God has called us to live by faith. 
And Jesus knows living by faith is not easy. That's why he always preludes his commands with do not be afraid. But this is one that's hard for a lot of people because they can recognize they can recognize, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's the fear of the unknown. I can recognize eternal life is in Jesus' hand and fear of failure. I recognize God can help me, all of that. But this is where the rubber meets the road. It's the fear of trusting. Am I really going to trust Jesus? I believe all of those things, but do I, am I really going to just go all in and say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will follow you. Listen, if Jesus is our good shepherd, and he has promised no one has sna can snatch us out of our, his hand, then that is the most reassurance that any of, I, any of us could ever ask for from the Lord. That if he promises us, in my hands you are safe, that's all we need. Just trust him. The wonderful thing about the fear of trusting is that you and I, we are living in 2023. And we have 2,000 years of history to look back on that Jesus has never failed anyone yet that trusted in him. And we have testimony after testimony of the word of God, of people following him, trusting him with all they've got. And this morning, I want to encourage you today, do not be afraid. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Maybe you've been reluctant to follow the Lord Jesus because of one of these fears that we've talked about today. Like the disciples, you've locked yourself in a room. You're hiding away. You don't want anything. I can't, Lord, I can't talk to you right now. I'm dealing with my fears here. But isn't it amazing how those disciples locked the door? And Jesus, he didn't open the door. He just walked right through the wall. That's how Jesus deals with our fears. He's not afraid to deal with our fears. Kind of ironic, right? He's not afraid to deal with our fears. He just walks right into the midst of them. He calls them out and recognizes them from what they are and speaks his peace, speaks his love, because perfect love does what? Cast out all fear. This morning, can I just declare over us today, you're living in fear. Jesus loves you today. And all the fear that you're living in, perfect love casts out all fear. All the fear of the unknown, what's going to happen tomorrow? This morning, Jesus is speaking his love over you, and he wants to cast out all of that fear in Jesus' name. All the things that you're possibly wrestling with in your mind. Jesus has always already conquered it and taken care of it. The Bible shows us the story in Matthew chapter 8. Jesus comes, these two people who were bound. The Bible says they were, de they were demon possessed. They were wrestling. They were, people were afraid of them. There they were bound up in their sin, bound up by the enemy. And when Jesus came near, the Bible says that they became afraid. Not the people, the demons. What are you here to do, Jesus? Torment us? They said, they said, cause us to go into the swine. All of that story is interesting in and of itself. But the number one thing I took away from that was that the one, the thing that causes us fear, the enemy, is the one who is afraid of Jesus. And you and I have been deceived by the one who is already fearful of Jesus, who knows that Jesus conquers all of our fears. And that if Jesus has already conquered all of our fears, whatever the enemy is saying, can we just go ahead and put him in his place and know, but greater is he that lives in me than you, than he that is in the world. Jesus has already conquered the enemy. All the things that he's putting in our minds, all the things that he's causing us to be bound with by fear. No, in Jesus' name, fear be gone. Perfect love cast out all fear. Will you stand with me this morning?
every eye closed this morning. And I just encourage you, my friend, today, oh, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You've been wrestling whether you should really follow Jesus or not. Oh, take the plunge. Follow him. It's worth it. You'll never regret it. You'll never look back and say, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. No, never. It's not always easy, but it sure is easy knowing that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's good in all of his ways. And you need the Lord in your life today. You're dealing with some type of fear, something going on in your life. Can you just come this morning? Let us surround you with prayer. Don't be bound by fear today. In Jesus' name, perfect love cast out all fear. And Lord, today we proclaim freedom for the sons and daughters of God today. And we pray, Lord, that fear would no longer bind anybody in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, we resist the enemy and he will flee, you teach us, Lord, in your word. Lord, today we destroy divine strongholds in Jesus' name. One of them being fear, Lord. We destroy it in Jesus' name, Lord. And we pray that life and liberty and love from Jesus would come this morning today, Lord. Let your power power and your presence fill us today Lord oh Lord release those who are bound by fear today Lord Lord the Bible says that you came the Spirit of the Lord was upon you to release the captives from the prison to set the oppressed free so Lord may your work be done here even so this morning Lord give us freedom today from fear we're gonna gladly follow you Lord this morning, if you would join me and say, you know what, I'm all in. I'm going to follow Jesus. Everything I've got, I'm all in. Would you just come this morning? Let's just declare it to the Lord in 2023. I'm not going to be bound by fear. I'm all in. I'm going to follow Jesus. Let's just come this morning. Stand at the front. We're going to surrender ourselves to the Lord this year. Lord, all is yours, Lord. All is yours, Jesus. Come on, fresh declaration to the Lord. My life is yours, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you, Jesus.